0: Welcome back to Lords of Order, a DC Dr. Fate fan podcast. I'm your host, Ed Moore. If you like the show and want to send feedback, you can send it to the Dr. Fate fan Podcast at gmail.com. You can leave comments at bigtimenoise.com slash drfate or even more space for comments on Facebook or Google Plus on the Lords of Order pages. The book up for discussion this episode is Earth 2, Issue 19. This came out in uh, March, I believe, of 2014. story is entitled, The Dark Ace. Is it age or, ace or age? Let me look real fast, guys. Age. Age? Yeah, you can't kind of tell by the logo, but Dark Age makes more sense. Not Ace, but Dark Age. Sorry. And as we open, we see that the evil dark side influenced Superman, uh, I believe Bizarro is who this is going to turn out to be ultimately, has two Terry Sloan's and the Flash, and he flies off with them, leaving the Red Arrow, Dr. Fate who is the entire reason I'm reading this book, and he doesn't show up very much in this issue, and I'm greatly disappointed, but we will forge ahead. It's the only current Dr. Fate we have. And uh, an army, Earth Army, uh, looks like a medic. Dr. Fate has been mumbling mumbo-jumbo, crumbles, angel in the slaughter, green, uh, and likewise, for the past couple issues. He's pretty much been incapacitated and hasn't been... Engaging in the story really too much. So Red Arrow is trying to get him up enough to get him to to some help uh, inside somewhere that is more sheltered. Also, because we've got uh, literally just hell raining down on Earth too right now because of the uh, apocalyptic and that's capital A like the planet, not like the end of everything, uh, attack on the Earth. And the medic looks up and sees that something is, you know, is happening to the sun. And Red Arrow, uh, with much better eyesight, is able to discern. Well, no, actually, it's not something happening to the sun. It's a huge group of something flying that is blocking out the sun. And it turns out to be a, a huge, huge contingent of Parademons controlled by Bedlam. We now uh, cut. To the um, basements beneath Arkham, where we left Batman, Queen of Atlantis, Jimmy Olsen, Red Tornado, which happens to be inhabited by the consciousness of Lois Lane, and another Earth Army officer by the name of Sonia Sato. And Batman went to get to, to free uh, actually, Jimmy Olsen and the Queen of Atlantis, because he needs their help. But while they're here, uh, Jimmy tells him, well, no, we can't leave yet, because there is someone else here that we need to free, and it's the alien. And everyone's asking, well, well what alien? And Jimmy tells him, well, you know, when I w- got free, I looked through Terry Sloan's computers, and he has his own alien here uh, in, the, in the basement, you know, below this level, basically, the basement. And... Sato says, well, no, this this is the lowest basement of the facility. And Red Tornado flips to a, another augmented eyesight, and she says, no, actually, there are more humans beneath us. So the Queen of Atlantis uh, rears up her big Atlantean fist and pummels a hole right through the floor that she promptly drops down through into the unknown, because nobody really knows what's down there exactly. But she is... Uh, confident in her abilities as the queen of Atlantis. And indeed there are a couple more soldiers down here manning some sort of big cannon that as soon as they see her they target her and unleash hell on her and she emerges merely smoking, you know, as if uh you know the steam like the surface temperature Increased, but she was not harmed. Uh, and she continues advancing on them until she gets to them and announces herself as Morella, Queen of Atlantis. <laughs> she says, Most of your body is water, and I can pull every molecule of it out of you with my mind. I suggest you lie on the ground, stay very, very quiet, and try your hardest to convince me you do not exist. And they both comply. <laughs> so the rest of the Ursat. Uh, Team uh, drops down through the hole. Batman asks Morella if she would kindly rip these doors apart that the guards were standing in front of with the big honking gun protecting. Uh, Turns to Red Tornado and tells her, and it would be cool if you are ready to uh, attack full bore whatever's back here, because obviously behind these kind of doors it's pretty nasty. And just as they're about to, one of the guards stands up and says, "No, No, no, please don't do anything, you'll scare him. Let me open the door instead. And, you know, that just further confuddles everybody. But sure enough, the guard gets up and, you know, punches in her her little code there and opens the door. And we see behind the door, uh, the doors, is a nice uh, efficiency-looking apartment. You know, you've got a living room and a kitchen and a bedroom on back there. With a young uh, teenage, maybe, uh, black gentleman in, in regular attire standing here kind of, dumbstruck that the doors just kind of opened up and he says hi uh, with big blue eyes and a nice big smile just like nothing's going on you know and you would think he would be freaked out because uh jimmy olsen looks normal but the other four of these people there's nothing normal looking about their appearance you know um so he's he's acting like it's it's no thing but a chicken wing uh we cut back to uh, Superman slash Bizarro, who unceremoniously drops his captives on the front lawn of the White House. The White House is behind him, and we see here that... Uh, I said Bedlam is in charge of the parademons, didn't I? I believe that's Beguile. Bedlam is this dude here. And he, he tells Superman slash Bizarro that... As you requested, the eyes of the world are on you. He has gathered an audience, and of course nowadays the audience would have all sorts of cameras and, and smartphones and transmitting and recording and tweeting and you know everything that we do to transfer information. Well, this uh, Superman Bizarro says cool. I I know from my time here that symbols are very important to these people. So let's give them a symbol of of us. Let's give them our symbol to to take with them, to insert, as it were, into their consciousness. So he flies off, uh, grabs up the Washington Monument, just rips it off the platform, zooms it back to the White House, inverts the monument point down, and slams it uh, as one would a, a mighty concrete arrow into the White House, just you know utter and total destruction of of both um, now we cut back to the opening scene, which is the upper uh ground level outside Arkham, which is where Batman and crew are in the basements beneath, and this is where we meet back up with the Befuddled, Doctor Fate, the World Army medic, and Red Arrow. So he is trying to Red Arrow. He with some of the other World uh, Army troops here, trying to hold off this massive Parademon assault. Which, uh, by by all accounts, it looks like is directed at them. So the the Parademons are coming for this group. And um, suddenly, it occurs to Red Arrow, the phrase Angel in the Slaughter that Dr. Fate uttered. We cut back to the below-ground aspect of Arkham, the story therein, and we see the um, black gentleman who we will come to find out is Val Zod uh, speaking to the guard whose name we now know is Kim, and asking if everything's all right. And she says, everything's fine, Val. These people are just here for a visit. Again, and nobody is, is saying anything or making any aggressive moves. You know, everybody's just kind of chill. Uh, Val says, ah, visitors, I've just made tea. And he walks up to Batman and he hands him a cup and he says, I hope you like chamomile. <laughs> and Batman starts, I, and then you can just feel uh, that he changes. And he says, yes, thank you. Um, Batman asks him, why are you locked in here? And Valzad or Val, says, I'm not locked in here. I'm not locked in here. I'm here for my own protection. Terry, Terry Sloan, one of the duo of schmucks that the Superman Bizarro has on the uh, front lawn of the White House, by the way, says, I'm free to go whenever I like. And the... Red Arrow or the uh, Red Tornado asks Terry, and Batman says Sloane. So, uh, proving that this is indeed Terry Sloan's alien, although he doesn't look very alien. Jimmy says, I'm sorry to say this, but Terry, in quote marks, isn't who you think he is. Have you been inside outside at all? And Val says, I, I don't go outside. I. I and then you see him uh the the drawing he's starting to sweat he's starting to potentially succumb to something looks like an attack of vertigo he he says there's there's something and then he falls to the floor and starts to to fiddle up on everybody batman slumps down and says he's reacting to something this room may have been protecting him from our environment or and val looks up at batman and says you you hurt and then batman kind of rears back a little bit, and he says, I know what this is. And he reaches into his, uh, into his tunic on a necklace that he always carries around, and he pulls out the end of the necklace, and there's a nice big green slab of kryptonite there, and it's glowing, uh, that nice ghastly green that regular kryptonite does. And Batman says, he's Kryptonian. And as he's holding this piece of kryptonite, you know, he's holding it up away from Val. Uh, You can see Val kind of reacting non-favorably at the bottom of the panel, indicating that Batman was indeed correct. Cut back to the White House. Uh, Superman Bizarro is hovering. Uh, We can see behind him the completely obliterated remains of the White House slash Washington Monument. And he is addressing the people, uh, people of Earth. Apocalypse is dying, and you see the crowd, and at the very bottom of the panel that has the Superman, you see everyone's partial or complete smartphone, you know, as everybody's holding up the smartphone, taking pictures, or taking the video, or transmitting live, or whatever they're doing. The gods have outlived their planet, but a new apocalypse, and now we have switched to people receiving these transmissions on TVs and giant monitoring screens in Times Square and whatnot. A new apocalypse will be born. Your planet is being readied. Uh, da, da, da 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 And Superman Bizarro finishes up. Rejoice, for you have been chosen. All hail Darkseid. I believe that's how you pronounce it. D-A-R-K-S-E-I-D. That could be Seed. I've always pronounced it Darkseid. I'm not sure off the top of my head what is correct. But we'll go with it. You know who I'm talking about. Um, okay, we cut to the uh, two Terry Sloan's here uh, talking to Bedlam, uh, saying, well, you know, so you, you've you got, you know, you're, you're doing, you're able to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish. What what are we still here for? And uh, Bedlam tells him, well, uh, we're going to need your help. Uh, and as a matter of fact, he reaches out to the white Terry Sloan, uh, the... Uh, Terry Sloane who is Mr. Terrific the black hero is also the other Terry Sloane as I keep saying Sloane's with a, a plural and he grabs him and, and he's, he's been reading his mind uh, indicating that what he is going to do he is going to need this Terry Sloane's help because he has these evil plans that Bedlam wants to see to fruition it will help Apocalypse in his conquering of Earth Cut back to beneath Arkham, and we see that Morella is leading our intrepid band ever upwards now as they're trying to escape the dungeonous basements beneath Arkham. And they're rising up, rising up. They get to the blast doors uh, that they need to exit to get to the outside, and they hear sounds. They hear noises. And someone asks, I say, it's Jimmy. What is that sound? And Morella who has been around way longer than anybody else, says, ah, uh, young Sprout, you are too young to know what that sound is. Um, we know that above ground at Arkham is that huge battle with the United Armies and uh, the Parademons, uh, Dark sides uh, stormtroopers, as they were. Um, not that I'm trying to pull from Star Wars or anything. So... One thing which I I found interesting was that Batman – Jimmy Olsen has a photographic memory. Anything he sees, he remembers. And to protect him because of the absolute carnage that Batman is assured is going to be outside the doors, they um, bandage up – they they, um, blindfold – there's the word – blindfold Jimmy Olsen so he won't – truly be permanently scarred in that you know he he can't forget those things that he sees so they they protect him morella rips open the door and sure enough massive slaughter as truly uh, the united army's troops even with however advanced their weapons weaponries are are not superior to dark side's parademons so they are just being slaughtered some of the parademons are fall- falling yes it, but not anything significant so, Morella and uh, Sato, the army major, I believe she was, that was with the group, attack. Batman asks the Red Tornado to take Jimmy Olsen and Val to these coordinates, and he gives her the coordinates, and the Red Tornado immediately says, Ah, oh, I know where that is. That's the Cave. You want me to take them home? Batman stops for a minute and says, How do you know? Who are you? And Red Tornado replies... We need to talk about that because who are you? Now, in reference, this Batman is not Batman, okay? Uh, for those of you guys I don't know, it's been a little while since we've talked about Earth-2. And for those of you that are brand new, on Earth-2, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman all died in the initial attempt at Dark Side to take over the world, okay? This that we've been reading is a subsequent attempt. Now... Superman has, and I air quote, returned as this bizarro Superman, as if Superman had been taken over by Darkseid. Well, the last we saw, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman were obliterated. They were gone. So, a Superman has returned, let's say. Well, now... uh, as of several issues ago, actually it's the annual for this year, a Batman has returned. But everybody that knows Bruce Wayne was Batman knows that this is not Batman because Bruce Wayne Batman was killed. So who is this? Well, if you've been reading, this turns out to be Thomas Wayne, Batman's father, who felt that the reason that Bruce died was in part due to him. It was because of him, Thomas, that Bruce became Batman But also, it is incumbent upon Thomas to take his son's place out of honor and respect to continue to be the Batman. So he has taken up the mantle, quite literally. Lois Lane, the consciousness... And I love being able to say these kinds of things because they could only happen in comic books, okay? Uh, Unless you watch Days of Our Lives, and and it might happen there too. The consciousness that is in the Red Tornado, which is a superpowered. Android, or not actually super-powered, can just highly scientific things. The android is being run by the consciousness of Lois Lane. Uh, For longtime readers of DC Comics, we know Lois Lane as Superman's girlfriend-slash-wife. I believe in this reality it was uh, the wife. So along with being Superman's wife, she knew who Batman was. So she knows, Lois Lane, that this person is not Batman. No one um, of import, I think a couple people know, but no one knows that the consciousness in this android is anything more than just an artificial consciousness, as opposed to a real living person's consciousness that got transferred over to try to save her life. Uh, Again, air quotes, of course, her body died, but she, all the things that made Lois Lane now exist in this android body. She just switched bodies, so. For all intents and purposes, this is Lois Lane. That would be her alter ego. Nobody really knows that. This is Red Tornado, as far as everyone knows. So, you are up to speed. So, Red Tornado flies off with Jimmy Olsen and Val. We see now, falling from the sky, uh, is the angel that Dr. Fate had been talking about that red arrow mentioned as he was looking up fighting diving down through the Parademons is Hawk Girl who for the past couple issues has been kind of missing from the group because she went off to do her own little mission and it's taken her a little while to get back hooked up with the group so she flies down and scoops up Batman Morella and Major Sato carrying carrying them all mind you. She's got Marilla on one arm, okay, holding her, like, you know, the interlocked uh, hand, wristy thing kind of hold. And she's holding Batman, who is holding Sato. Now, you know, I, uh, superheroes and whatnot, but really, is, is Hot Girl's wrists and elbow and shoulders really strong enough to do this kind of thing? I mean, you know, she's got wings, that's one thing. Maybe she's got hollow bones because she's light, and she's got she's more durable because she flies fast and you know all those kind of things i can understand but having the strength you know you you figure batman goes up pretty solid 220 230 Uh, sato major sato even if she's small goes probably anywhere from 150 to 170 and morella who the heck knows how much she weighs you know, she's got the, the density of, say, an Aquaman because she is punching holes through feet of concrete in the floor. And so who knows? She, her, her, my thought is that the density of the skin and bones is what gives them the strength. So given that density, I don't know. She could be the equivalent of, oh six, seven, eight hundred pounds, like Hulk size. Or I don't know. But so I, I thought of all the things in the book, that was kind of a stretch that she could just swoop down and pick these people up and fly them off, but she did. Uh, Now the epilogue to the story, epilogue, epilogue, sorry, we back away from all the happenings on the ground to where we can see Earth from space, and we see this huge, ugly gash in the Earth, like somebody's just taking a big knife and just slashed the planet, Uh, because when Steppenwolf was killed, he released this energy burst that you know traveled and just gouged the Earth, so we're seeing this from space because we start there and then we we zoom in, zoom in, zoom in, zoom in to the rough epicenter of where it occurred, and we find under the rubble a huge circular nimbus of green energy is glowing, and those of you that have read the previous couple issues can kind of uh, assume what that must be. And we more than likely will see next issue if we are correct or not. So, not a bad story, I guess. It's, it's mildly entertaining. I, I will be honest, it's much more entertaining when I sit here and speak it than when I sat and read it. I don't know why. I guess because I can put all the things vocally that I was thinking in my head. And it entertained me more. Anyways, I don't know if it entertained you guys, but I hope it did. So, there we go. Uh, next issue that we'll talk about will be an old... Fate appearance. That will be way old as we trip back to more fun comics issue 60. So, that will be next episode, Lords of Order episode 21. This officially finishes episode twenty. Ciao. Lords of Order is a Teal production, and as such is licensed under a Creative Commons attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative, 3.0 unported license.